Hello and welcome to My Camino, the podcast. I'm Dan Mullins and I'm delighted to have your company. Whether you're sitting at home with a cup of tea or on the train in London, maybe you're walking, preparing for your Camino, maybe you're in front of the fire in Canada or cooking dinner somewhere around the world, getting your nails done in South Korea, maybe you're waiting to pick up the children or the grandchildren in Western Australia. Wherever you are, in whatever place you find yourself in your life, Thank you for taking the time to listen. I presented a talk last month at the St. James Institute here in Sydney to commemorate the 200th anniversary of the laying of the foundation stone of the Church of St. James in the heart of the city. And I said I loved the Pilgrim community because they share and care, because they've achieved, because a pilgrim sets themselves a goal and, more often than not, they reached it. Or maybe they didn't, but they had a red-hot go. Because pilgrims step outside their comfort zone and decide to throw away all the preconceived conceptions they have of their own ability, or maybe what their family and friends believe they were capable of. Maybe they prove to themselves they have more to give, more to live, more to share, more to give, live and share for themselves. By walking the Camino, they prove to themselves that they have an ability to grow, to live, to love, to be someone they perhaps thought they could be, Someone who's prepared to listen, to accept, and to be quietly the person we all hope to be. A pilgrim on the Camino and in life. The American writer and historian Ernest Kurtz said, A journey becomes a pilgrimage as we discover day by day that the distance travelled is less important than the experience gained. Well, my guests this week are husband and wife pilgrim team, Emilia and David Hay from Western Australia. The collective noun for a group of pilgrims is a caravan. Welcome, pilgrims. Thank you. Thanks, Dan. Amelia, let's start with you. How did you find yourselves on this pilgrim caravan? Well, I probably had always wanted to do a walk in Italy uh, for many, many years from village to village, but it never came about. Uh, I never managed to find the right walk or, or it just didn't happen. And then about a couple of years ago, a friend of mine talked about the Camino. She was desperate to do the Camino. And she didn't do it the first year, but the last year she was very keen and she did. And I had recently retired from my job and I started to look at what she was doing and thought, gosh, you know, I could do this. Um, I became interested. Um, And about three or four weeks before she was due to leave, um, I thought, I've got a couple of months here where I've really got nothing on. Um, And so one day on a whim, I, I... texted her and said, look, are you practicing your walking at the moment? Are you training? Can I come with you? And she said, yes, I'm going on Sunday. And by the time Sunday came, I'd actually talked myself into going on the Camino, doing it. And not with her, but doing it in the next few weeks. So I went on the walk and uh, we did 20 kilometres that day, which is pretty ambitious. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, uh, and three weeks later, or four weeks later, actually, I, I, I had... Uh, a week later, I'd organised all my gear, bought my shoes, bought my backpack, packed it, trained and left for um, uh, for Madrid uh, with uh, a one-way ticket. <laughs> and I was on the Camino. That was it. It was wonderful. That's kind of a pretty brave thing to do. Mm. I needed an adventure and I needed a purpose. Uh, and so this just – it just – got me you know I don't know how I just got it and then that was it Uh, I was going to go 
But you said you were suffering a bit of relevance deficiency disorder. What does that mean? <laughs> yes. What does that mean? Uh, actually, I'm not sure where you first heard that phrase, but it really resonated with me. I think um, when I left my job, or when I left work, I, I decided to, to leave work and retire. Not because I wanted to, but because work wasn't, it wasn't going the way I wanted it to go. And I thought, well, this is not, um, it's not making me that happy, therefore I'll leave. And, and then I realised that I actually didn't have a purpose anymore. Um, and uh, I didn't have anywhere to go every day. And so I had to reinvent myself in many ways. Uh, so I tried lots of different things. Um, and the, the Camino was one of those things that came up for me. So the relevant deficiency disorder is about feeling irrelevant. I mean, I'm six, I was 66 or I'm 65. I can't even remember how old I am now, but um, <laughs> <laughs> that's sort of around me. Um, I think, I, I think, when you lose purpose, um, you just become – if you feel irrelevant, I don't think I became irrelevant, I just felt irrelevant. I didn't have that job to, to give me that um, identity anymore. David, to you, tell us a bit about yourselves. I wonder if you'd be happy to tell us if you're spiritual people. By that I mean, are you kind of deep thinkers? Are you prayers? Are you hymn singers? No, we're not. We were both uh, raised – as Catholics, probably for me, I was raised more strict than Amelia. Uh, that was because my mother was a very strict Catholic. But once I moved away from home, that faded away. And I was never the most enthusiastic of churchgoers. Um, and then when we had uh, two children, uh, we, we kind of... I don't say we paid lip service to it, but we took them to church. They both attended Catholic secondary schools and we did what was necessary. But again, once they had uh, finished schooling and then as they moved away, we, I think we, we stopped even making, uh, making any pretense. Uh, so yes, we are, we are baptized Catholics, but no, we, we are not religious people. Uh, so I think, uh, for us, the, the Camino didn't have that um, religious significance that it does for others. Mm, mm. But it's interesting. I want to get back to you in a moment uh, to talk about how you saw change in Amelia. But really, we need to tell the story, Amelia, that you just touched on earlier, that you had just three weeks to prepare for that first Camino, to do your research, buy your gear, break in the new boots and everything. And yet you felt you had purpose again, that you said to us. But you wrote to me and said, I had such a wonderful experience on the Camino Frances, starting in Leon and ending in Santiago. I realised, amongst other things, that I experienced pure joy on this journey. And on my return home to Perth, as many pilgrims find out, it was impossible to explain the journey to anyone who had not experienced it. So how do you explain it now to people, the lure of the Camino, Amelia? Well, it's interesting because I, I struggle with it and people are very curious, but they don't really understand. So I tend not to talk too much about it. I think we can become very boring um, <laughs> when, we, when we go on about something we're passionate about. Um, so I, I actually, I try not to talk too much about it. Um, but if people ask me, I just tell them how much I enjoyed it, how happy I was when I was on it. And I loved just the simplicity of the walk. Um, and just the feelings that I had every day walking. So, David, tell us about the change you observed in Amelia when she came back from that first journey. 
not a huge amount, not, not a great deal. Uh, if anything, she perhaps was more confident, you know, this sort of, gee, if I can do that, I can do anything kind mm. of attitude. But you know, she, she's, she's a pretty self-sufficient, accomplished, strong-minded woman. Uh, so I don't know that the, the Camino wrought any great differences in her, in her persona, but certainly she was more relaxed and happy. She had achieved this. She had done it and done it well. Uh, and I think she came back a more contented person. I'll stay with you, David. Did you take much convincing then yourself to join this pilgrim caravan? Mm. When Amelia first said, I'm going to go and do this, I went, good on you, off you go. Um, <laughs> but I, I did follow her day-to-day uh, experience because uh, she was telling me in, uh, in, in phone calls or I, we were having daily chats on Messenger and I was knowing where she was at any one time pretty much, you know, certainly in the mornings or in the evenings when she got there. And she was, of course, also making uh, a lot of posts to Facebook. So I was following her. And I became really quite interested. And I, I, in fact, myself derived a great sense of satisfaction that she was doing so well. It's not an insignificant achievement. You know, those, those day-to-day ascents of some fairly uh, steep slopes and, and, you know, finding accommodation and all those things, you know, the, the, the little bits and pieces that go to make up that, that Camino journey. Yeah. So I was quite excited about what she was doing. And certainly when she came back, we once again started to talk about going to Italy. I should add that Amelia is Italian by birth. And what she, why she'll disclaim it, she is virtually fluent in the language. I myself have, for the last close to 40 years, run a business in uh, importing scuba diving equipment from Italian manufacturers and resupplying professional dive shops around the country. So we go to Italy quite a bit, at least every year, maybe even twice a year. And we love Italy and we like the thought of doing a, a, a day-to-day village-to-village trek. Um, we were going to do it. And then, then we discovered another Camino called the Francigena, which runs, in fact, from the UK down to Rome. And we decided that that would be perfect for us. And we had planned to do it in, um, in May, May, April, May this year. And then somehow we spun it around and we decided it was probably easier for us uh, to do the full Camino from Saint-Jean through to Santiago. And so, yes, it was almost a kind of natural thing. We just, I just, yeah, I, I like the idea. Uh, I like the idea of getting away from the pressure of work. I like the idea of the achievement of doing that. I saw it probably more as a challenge. Um, so that's, uh, no, I didn't, to, uh, to come back to your question, I did not need a lot of uh, persuasion to join in the caravan. Amelia wrote to me, David, and said that you are a Camino addict. Uh, well, got, you know, once we started on that journey, we we, got, we watched every YouTube we could get a YouTube video we could get our hands on. We even watched them twice, um, and we did. You do because you start focusing on it, and you you can become quite addicted to it. Mm. And that was simply before we even went. Yeah, yeah, and so and that leads perfectly into my next question. Then, 
why do you think that you two in particular are lured to be pet pilgrims and to be addicted to it? Well, interesting. Oh, that's a good question. You know, I think really most people or all people want to belong to something. They want to belong to a, a group, a clan, a, a village. A, um, uh, you know, and I think that in, in some way that's what the, pilgrim, the pilgrimage provides. It provides this community. And uh, I think we've sort of latched onto the Camino community, if you like, and it feels good. It feels like we're part of something. Uh, I think that's part of it. Um, the other part is just getting away and having this wonderful, simple life. I think, you know, that's just such a joy. Um, so, and I, you just want it all the time, you know. Yeah. And I think we've simplified our lives even coming back to Perth. You know, our lives are simpler now. Not that they were terribly complicated before, but I'm very aware of simplifying things and just enjoying the moment, enjoying each day, whatever that brings, no expectations, going with the flow, all of those things. So, and I think that's what the Camino really did. It just awakened that in, in me and uh, or in us. And we're wanting more of it. So that's where it becomes addictive. Yeah, yeah. How soon after you came back from that initial um, Camino, uh, Amelia, how, how soon after did you and David do the whole Camino Francaise then? Uh, I came back in September, late September. And uh, April, the following April, we were on, on we were at St. John. David, are you spreadsheet pilgrims? Did you do a lot of research before you went? Uh, actually, Amelia does that. She's she's phenomenal. She she loves mm-hmm. researching <laughs> all aspects of the journey. So um, I I tend to sort of let her do that, and, and then if I'm asked to give my opinion, I, I'll, I'll look mm-hmm. at it then. <laughs> I, I see no point in doing the job twice. <laughs> and Amelia, do you, <laughs> and that's funny. And Amelia, do you like that? Do you like? Does that arrangement work for you? Oh, yeah, I love yeah. it. I love doing all the research. I love the preparation. But, um, Dan, I don't do any spreadsheet and I don't do any real planning. What I do is a lot of preparation um, because I think the Camino is one of those things that you don't really want to plan. You just, you know, I book the first night, maybe the second night if it's necessary, but then again, we'll just walk. And I love to do all, as I said, I love to do all the preparation. I think it's really good to be prepared, completely prepared, so that you know what you, you could expect. But when it comes to the actual planning of it, I don't plan how many kilometers we're going to walk, where we're going to stay, you know, any of that stuff. I, um, yeah, I love the spontaneity of it. How, Amelia, how did walking the whole Camino Frances compare with walking from Leon to Santiago? Be- the, the reason I ask that question is because there are people listening who think, oh, I, I can only really take two weeks off. And, and, and I think if they've stretched themselves, they might take the extra two or three weeks and do the whole journey and, and might get a little bit more out of it, or, or perhaps I'm wrong. How did it compare one against the other? Oh, that was interesting, actually, because when I first decided to do Leon to Santiago, it was strange because my girlfriend was doing that, and I thought, well, that's doable. Two weeks away from home is all I can manage. I, and then when I started to look at it, I thought, gosh, maybe I should start in St. John. And I got really quite anxious about that, thinking, can I do the whole thing? Mm. Um, so that 
frightened me, I've got to say. I did think about it for a few days and we were close to, I was close to making that decision, but then I thought, no, play it safe, go from Leon to Santiago, that's manageable. Um, so I think that was really good for me. It gave me a taste. It gave me some information. It, it told me how my body would work, um, and, and that was great. And then the next time we did it, I was very confident about managing it. I knew that I could pace myself. I knew that my body would take it. I knew that we could, we had lots of options if we wanted rest days or if we wanted to take it easy. Um, so no, I know I don't think there's anything wrong with doing a smaller Camino to start with or a shorter one to start with because that's all you've got. I got I got as much benefit from the first one, in fact, probably more because it was new and I was on my own than I got from the second. So, no, I would encourage anyone to do as much as, or as, you know, as much as you can. Mm-hmm. And David, it was trickier for you because as I understand it, you wanted to see if you could be away from your business with limited contact for a longish period of time, something that you hadn't done in 35 years. How did that work out? Uh, you're quite right. It was it was part of the part of the exercise with to see the business could could last, a and it worked remarkably well. You know, even if it's a slight slap to my ego, in that um, in fact the, the business functioned perfectly well, if not better, without me than it did with me. So um, it, it proved one thing very well indeed. And you know, even then, you you still are capable of being very much in contact with the outside world. Almost every alberga, I can't think of one that didn't, one alberga that did not have Wi-Fi. Uh, there is Wi-Fi spots in a lot of the larger towns. There are, the, you are in, within the cell network, I think, almost all. I never bothered to look terribly hard, but you could certainly get, I got a few phone calls as I walked. Uh, so being out of touch, you can be out of touch if you want to make yourself out of touch, but if you need to be, you can be, uh, you can be in touch. And of course, a lot of people that we bumped into or met as we went along were using their phones to ring ahead or uh, book ahead for accommodation. It was starting to get fairly busy being made, and so people were making sure they had accommodation. And the, and the mobile phone provides them the, with that opportunity, if that's of any interest to anyone listening. Yeah. Yeah. And, in, and Amelia, in April, May of this year, how, how busy was it? Oh, look, the first week was really uh, good, although there were quite a lot of people leaving from St. John, but then it, it got spread out. But there were times in May um, that it got really busy, and it was mainly the groups. Um, we had groups of people coming through. Um, sometimes we would be walking on our own. When we were, it was unbelievable. We'd go, gosh, we're here on our own. Fantastic. But other times there would be groups of different nationalities that, that obviously come together. And uh, some of them were having their bags transported, so they were carrying light packs. And then when we occasionally, not very often, but when we got to a town, uh, we, we discovered that most of the accommodation was taken up because people had booked ahead and had their bags transported. That was a little disappointing because it wasn't like that in September when I went last time. Um, so, yeah, it is busier and I think it's going to get even busier um, at that time of the year, especially now that Camino Skies has come out. <laughs> and, um, it's been, you know, um, shown all over New Zealand and Australia. I think we're going to see a lot more people yeah. in this part of the world going. Yeah, that's right, yeah. And, and, and David, what was the weather like April, May? Oh, we were 
so lucky. We we had a fine first day, a fine second day, and third day. I think it rained a little in on the fourth day, which we took as a rest day in um, Pamplona, simply because we thought it would be sensible to to take a rest after three fairly heavy beginning days. And then we literally had a a weather window followed us across the country, a fine weather window. I think we had one very windy day on the Meseta where with a half an hour of rain, which the wind promptly dried us off. Uh, and then the only other time was, I can remember, rain was on the day where we were heading up um, towards Cruz de Ferro, Fonse uh, Badon. We had about an hour of heavy rain before we got there. The next day when we left Fonse Badon for Cruz de Ferro, it was actually snowing lightly, which was absolutely delightful. We crossed, and as we came down, I think that was the last day. I think we might have had another day of showers. We actually enjoyed the days when it was cloudy and the sun wasn't shining because it made it cooler. Mm. But we had superb weather, and yet we know that three, four days after we went over uh, the Pyrenees on the Napoleon route, they had to rescue 23 people because of, who got trapped up there because of bad weather. We were amazingly lucky. Wow. And, you know, when we, when we started the interview, David, I asked you about being um, prayers or hymn singers. But I've spoken here on the podcast many times with many people about the mystical and spiritual nature of the Camino. Did you feel it? No, I, I didn't uh, get that. I must, I guess I should say I'm not a terribly deep thinker. I'm not a terribly spiritual person. I had the most amazing fun. I enjoyed it thoroughly. And I guess the, what I enjoyed was that sense of freedom mm. where you were walking along an open road and the horizon was opening in front of you, particularly on the early days and even the, the Meseta where you had this you could, you know, just the, the distance, and you could see mountains with snow on them, and a great open road in front of you. An immense feeling of freedom and satisfaction. I guess for me, that was the the mystical, spiritual, spiritual part of it. Was a great deal of enjoyment I got from being there and and walking together with Anila. We walked pretty much lockstep the whole way, chattering away. In a sense, that might even be a little bit of a barrier to getting that sense of freedom because we didn't actually have a lot of me-only time. Um, perhaps that's because subconsciously we didn't need it. Mm. We, 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 we are each other's best friends and we get, we, we're happy with each other's company. We walk together. We, you know, we actually came up with a lovely little phrase. We made it up. We, we stole it off somebody. Uh, we, we walked ate, drank, and laughed our way across Spain. Hmm. Yeah, that's fantastic. Wow, that's a good – I like that. Hey, you can use it. <laughs> and, Amelia, you wrote to me to say the Camino changes you. First of all, how, how does it change you? That's the first aspect of the question. But before we get to that, perhaps you might just let us know, did you feel the mystical and spiritual nature of the Camino? Yeah, I don't know, really. I mean, I'm not a spiritual person in the sense that I'm a practicing spiritual person, but I do believe in something higher. And I did sense, what I sensed, I guess, 
for me was that sense of community that was there on the Camino. And I guess you could say that was a spiritual, it's that connection that we all have that is there. And it was so prevalent on the Camino. Um, you know, whenever you made eye contact with someone, whenever you spoke to someone, whenever you smiled at someone, you could feel the warmth. Now, that could be the spirituality. But that really made me feel fantastic. I, I love that connection that people have on the Camino. Um, what was the other part of your question? Oh, well, I just, you, you, you wrote to me that, to say that the Camino changes you. Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, it changed me in the fact that I think I let go of quite a lot of my um, expectations of myself. When I first went on the Camino, I was very focused on I need to find myself another purpose now that I don't have my work anymore. I know I have certain things I can give to my community. I want to find something that I can give to my community. And, and I need purpose. I need a big purpose. Um, when I left that Camino, and I think it actually it was a gradual thing. I realised that actually I have purpose. I have purpose in every day. They're not big. It's not a huge purpose, but it's lots of little purposes, and that's enough for me. Um, and I can I can get joy and satisfaction out of that. And also, I learnt that if I just let things roll on, the, the things will present themselves that need to present themselves to me. And I don't have to push. I don't have to try hard. I can just allow things to happen. And that's just made me more relaxed, more happy, uh, more willing to try new things, um, more open. Um, so, yes, uh, that's how it changed me, I think. Yeah. And, well, well, let me stay with you, Amelia. What change did you see in David? <laughs> it, was, it was good um, because on the Camino itself, when we were walking, as we the first few days, David was just the same. And then later, I noticed that he was he was being funny a lot more often. Now, David has always made me laugh in the past, but the last few years, I think life probably gets you down a bit. You know, the business probably got a bit serious or a bit more serious, and I I didn't realise it, but I, we weren't laughing as much. So, in the last few weeks. I noticed that David was making jokes. I was laughing more. He was so much more, more. He was just funny. He was relaxed, and that was that was really nice to see that David again. The David that you know was there before. Um, so I really enjoyed that part of him. And I think since he's been back, he's also been a lot more relaxed. I noticed that his conversations when he did have to work when he was on the Camino were were much more relaxed with people. He wasn't as stressed. He wasn't as demanding he was you know able to let things go a lot more uh, he was you know it just was different yeah I'm going to get to that how, how you are at home in a minute but David just before we go there tell us about the people that you met oh we met so many different people from different places all over the world what was perhaps a little curious for us was that we stayed in a in a particular albergue in Saint Jean, which Amelia had researched and, and chose because it seemed to have a, a particular style that would suit us. And we found that it was was the case. It started with that traditional communal dinner that night. Everyone introduced themselves. There was a, the owner uh, Joseph talked about the uh, if you want the philosophy of. of walking on the Camino, little things like that. And what was strange is that 
those people we were with that night, we literally were, were close to them all the way across, physically um, close to them as, as we walked our way. And we kept bumping into them, and then literally there were two, three, four, five of them. We would almost see, we'd be in an albergo one night somewhere, and they would come in. Or we'd be sitting down at a cafe, and they would walk up. <laughs> and we actually finished all on the day. They had some uh, problems. They had some injuries. They had some delays. Yet we all managed to finish in Santiago on the same day, fairly close to each other. And have uh, and have dinner again all together. Very odd and wonderful people. Yeah. But you did. Uh, Amelia covered this earlier. You meet people. You, you, there is a warmth. There is a sense of community. If you stop and you're sitting down by the side of the road for whatever reason, comfort stop, having a bite to eat, just taking a, a short break, people will just nod and say, "Everything okay? Anything you need? Can't walk on." There is a great sense of unity and uh, sense of purpose or sense of togetherness where everyone's everyone is working uh, for the same goal aren't they everyone has that same purpose in mind we are going to go from a to b and b is at santiago so there's a unity of a commonality amongst everybody on the camino yeah that's for sure it's one of the great great surprises um, and one of the great features of it, there's no question about that, and that community stays with you for a long, long time. It's interesting, I remember arriving home after walking a 1,000 kilometres from Lourdes to Santiago in 2017, and for the first few months, I couldn't remember places and names. Uh, people would message me and say, oh, remember Estella, and I'd think, I, I, which one was Estella? I can't remember. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I, but, but over time... Now it's been, well, almost two years. The, it, it, I do remember Estella, and I remember every single thing about that day and that night, and I can virtually place my foot anywhere I like on the Camino. It takes a little time, though, to settle. How are you both coping with life now a few months down the track? Amelia, how are you finding the Camino resonating with you now? <laughs> you know, it, it's interesting. I, I love my day-to-day life. I, you know, it's, it's, it's great. But we have planned another Camino, and so I'm focused on that now. Um, uh, so I think, I, I don't know, because I know that we're going to do another one very soon. <laughs> so I, it, it sort of feels like that's another purpose, you know. Um, I, I does take a while to settle. The first few weeks I was very unsettled, I think. I think we're both very unsettled. And until we made the decision to do it again, um, you know, that's just given us new purpose again. I, I know that we can't just keep doing commitments all our lives. But, but at the moment it feels right. It feels good. And, uh, and, and as long as we can physically do this and, you know, we've got the time, um, we will keep walking. So, David, how does being a pilgrim feature in your lives now, do you think, now that you're home? Well, uh, first of all, going back to what you said, yeah, I, I, I've, I've struggled to remember, you know, places, kind of yes, but sequence, mm, can't remember. My, <laughs> my chronology of events is a bit mixed up. And if I look back through my notes where we stayed on certain days, and I can't remember that town, I don't remember that. Which Albergo was that? I don't remember. Um, 
Uh, hopefully it will come clear. <laughs> Certainly looking at some of the, still looking at YouTube videos, you think, yeah, I remember that, but what day? Oh, gosh, yeah, no, I don't. I think I remember that place, but I can't uh, quite clearly put it uh, as to where it was or how it was or what we did. So I'm really, the fact that you said, have, said you had the same problem, I'm looking forward to it becoming clear. I said to him, really, yes, I hope we don't muddy it all up again by going back too soon and um, just la- putting another layer on top of this one. Uh, I have struggled since I got back. I think I've struggled more than nearly to get back in. I, the, the, being on the Camino and doing that was such a wonderful, refreshing change that I've had, I have really struggled to get back into my daily life. That's not such a bad thing, is it? <laughs> Probably not, no. <laughs> <laughs> Amelia, uh, what, there's an old saying that life is a pilgrimage. What do you make of that? I think that it's absolutely true. I, I think that, uh, you know, as we were walking the Camino, everything that happens you can relate back to your life journey. Um, you know, the people that you're meeting, the conversations that you're having, the struggles that you have and the joy that you have and the, you know, every day is different um, and every day you experience a lot of emotions just as you do in life. So I think that's a very true, that's a, that's a truism. David, tell us about walking into Santiago de Compostela. Hmm. Now you're asking me to remember events. Um, <laughs> Look, it's a long walk in. We, we stayed, I think we gave ourselves the last day of about, I can't remember, 10, 10 15 kilometres to come in on the last day. Uh, as, you, as you're walking in, you, you can see pilgrims around you, which is a comfort that you are, you are following the right road in. <laughs> and there's quite a lot of, of, of uh, suburba, suburbia in um, coming into Santiago. And then you start to get closer and closer and closer. And I guess that first... Sort of point where you begin to feel a little bit um, goosebumpy is as you you're coming towards that point where you go through a tunnel and you can hear the pipe player just in the distance and then you you pass them and you come out of that square and there's so many people there all of a sudden um, great deal of satisfaction I, I think I said uh, to Amelia a couple of days before I'm going to be sorry this is all over but I'm looking forward to finishing it. Hmm. I like that. That's yeah. I suppose that's true. Uh, Amelia, you're thinking of walking another Camino this year, and maybe the Italian section of the Via Francigena together next year. So you clearly enjoy walking together. Yes. Um, yes. That wouldn't mean that I wouldn't do a walk alone again because I enjoyed that as well. But I, I think I prefer to do it with David. Um, it feels. Uh, a little bit, well, just more comfortable, I think, to have someone else there with you. And we do get on well. Um, but yes, we're doing, we're going to be doing, um, the Camino again in November. So it'll be more of a wintry Camino. That sounds, we're doing the same one, the Francesa. And next year, I'm really looking forward to doing the Francigena, the Italian, the Swiss and Italian part of the Francigena, because that's quite different. Um, I'm not sure if it'll have the same feeling as the, the, the Francesa. There'll be less people on there, but I have a real affinity to Italy, so that for me will be a different experience. David, what did you learn about Amelia on the Camino? 
I I didn't learn anything new. Ah, uh, actually, having said that, look, I really appreciated her determination, her drive. The woman is a machine when it comes to climbing steep slopes. <laughs> I mean, I'm I pride myself on being fairly fit and strong, and she was powering ahead of me. And at times, I was I was taking a break, and she was still going. So that, in that sense, I learned that she is more determined than I ever gave her credit for. But in terms of, uh, look, she takes control of the situation. She, she was wonderful. She'd be the one who would get in touch with an albergue. And because she speaks Italian, she managed to gra- grasp enough Spanish to get by. And so I, I knew the woman was, is good. Uh, I, and it, that just confirmed for me how good she is. <laughs> Other than, as I said, she's a bit of a machine when it comes to climbing steep slopes. Amelia, what did you learn about David? Oh, look, uh, David is really easygoing, and and that you know that's great because we're a good match that way. And I, you know, again, I learnt that he was relaxed, uh, and it, it's lovely to see him so relaxed again. Um, I also learnt that he was fantastic with people. He talked to people very easily, which he doesn't do at home so much. He's quiet, but when we're on the Camino, he he. he you know, sparked conversations, he initiated conversations, he chatted with people. He was much more sociable, which I loved as well. Um, so, yeah, uh, and I think that's it. I mean, I, I think probably we, we, we learnt to reconnect, not that we were not connected, but you know, on a deeper level. Hmm. Yeah. Well, it's, that's definitely worth doing then in, even in itself, isn't it? David, what do your friends and family make of it, this pilgrimage, this this? This Camino, what do they make of it? I'm English. Uh, my family's still there. Um, and they didn't really know much about it and weren't, I don't think, terribly interested in it. My friends, again, I think Amelia alluded to this earlier, that a lot of people really don't know much about it. And so you don't talk about it because it's you can't explain it. Um, and I think whenever I have happened to mention it to people, perhaps not necessarily friends, but, you know, I've done this, often you see this sort of, oh, really, I've heard that, Camino. How far did you walk? You say 800 kilometres. And there's this sort of, yeah, yeah. And then you can see, go, 800? Holy crap. <laughs> so I think people who, who know a little bit about it understand it, but I, I've adopted that same sort of, uh, positions of me that I haven't really crapped on about it too much because so many people don't know what it is and trying to explain it is nigh on impossible unless, unless they intend to do it and they're interested uh, or they have already done it. And we actually, funnily enough, uh, we were talking uh, on Friday night. We went to the Perth premiere of Camino Skies and we were saying that, in fact, within our circle of acquaintances, we don't know anybody else who's walked Frances. Five minutes later, a guy sits down in front of us that we've known for 40 odd years, but rarely see. We bumped into him. He was there. We said hello. He had done it. Hmm. Uh, done it three or four, five years ago. And so I was able to say to him, well, at least we know one person now within our circle who's done it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, I began by saying the collective noun for pilgrims is a caravan. So I take it, Amelia, you're happy to have been picked up along the way. 
<laughs> yes, definitely. <laughs> definitely, yeah, I feel part of something. Yeah, that's great, isn't it? And, David, you're probably, in a sense, surprised that you've ended up on that caravan. Yes. I mean, if it, had you said this uh, 12 months ago, I don't think uh, my opinion would have been that I was unlikely to do it. And here I am, having done one, committed to a second and planning a third. Uh, and I'm very, very pleased about it. And so you must have then found that your business ticks away without you. You said it was a bit of a, a dint to the ego, but that's great news, isn't it? Because it's freed you up, freed you up to go on this global exploration. Yes, absolutely. It does. Knowing that I can go away, my staff are happy with me to go away. I'm quite happy to run the business in my absence. Yeah, that's great. Amelia, I'll finish with you. Are you pleased, I suppose, or surprised that that initial um, three-week splurge of activity to try and find some relevance, as it were, has ended in this terrific journey that you're undertaking together? Yes, I, I think it's just fabulous, yeah. You know, when you're not looking for something and you don't think that, that you know, this is going to change you, um, and then it does, it's really, really good. It's, and, and I guess it's about confirming to me that you just got to let life unfold and, you know, the things that you need will come to you. Yeah, and I, I think it's fabulous that you're going through this together. And long may you walk on together. Congratulations. It's a great story. And I've thoroughly enjoyed talking with you. And I want to say thank you for sharing your story with us. Thank you, Dan. It's, it's lovely. It's always lovely to talk about the Camino, especially to someone who's done it. <laughs> exactly. Thanks, David. Thank you, Dan. You've made me think harder about myself and think than anybody else has done for a while. It was a pleasure talking to you. Buen Camino. Buen Camino. Buen Camino. My guests this week, the West Australian pilgrims, Amelia and David Hay. The American writer and historian Ernest Kurtz said, A journey becomes a pilgrimage as we discover, day by day, that the distance travelled is less important than the experience gained. Thanks, as always, for your company. My new album, Duende, is out August 23rd. I've been working on it for more than a year. It's available via danmullinsmusic.com. And I'd like to thank my Patreon sponsors for their contribution. It's been incredible. And their names are part of the packaging and their spirit is woven deep into the songs and recordings. If you're interested in sponsoring me, go to patreon.com forward slash danmullins or danmullinsmusic.com. Until next week, I'm Dan Mullins. Buen Camino. Somewhere 